Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. It is seven minutes after 11 o'clock, and the Eagles legal eagle is Jennifer Bukowski. She is with us. Uh, we talked about a couple of criminal cases. Let's go to the third one. The verdict is in. It is uh, that of an anti-abortion activist. Uh, th- this really reeked of an administration uh, trying to make an example of this guy. Uh, you want to tell the story, Jen? Sure. So it is Mark Huck, I believe. That's how you pronounce his name. 48 years old, father of six children. He is uh, an anti-abortion or pro-life advocate. And he was arrested because while he is a sidewalk counselor who's for years prayed and protested outside of this abortion center, uh, Planned Parenthood Clinic in Philadelphia, to try to persuade women to do the right thing and not kill their babies. He, uh, there's another volunteer that escorts these women into the Planned Parenthood Clinic named Mr. Love. And he is, he was accused of shoving Mr. Love twice. Um, it's since come out that, that Mr. Love has been asked not to be, you know, one of their escorts anymore because he refuses to follow their policies of non-engagement. Uh, Planned Parenthood has policies of that, that he repeatedly violates and gets into tangles with, you know, pro-life people. And uh, this victim, so-called victim, Mr. Love, of being shoved, was allegedly harassing the 12-year-old son of Mark Huck. And that's when Mark Huck shoved him. As you said, police looked into it. No charges are filed. But wouldn't you know it, the Biden Department of Justice decided here's an incident that we can use for our making headlines and go after and do a political prosecution using the might of the Department of Justice to go after this guy under the FAIR Act, which says if you you know are doing things to prevent access to the entrances of abortion clinics, then you can be convicted of a federal crime. That they the face isn't it the Face Act. The FACE Act, Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances. Yeah. FACE Act. So, so, they, so he they, shoved him because he's trying to prevent the woman to get from getting into the abortion clinic, then that would fall under that act. But the jury came back and said not guilty because apparently that had nothing to do with it. He was, uh, they agreed with the defense or didn't find the prosecutor proved that he violated the FACE Act, maybe believing the defense that this has to do with defending his 12-year-old son from this aggressive older man that was harassing him. So the administration uh, did what? They sent a federal agent over there and handed him a subpoena? And Oh, yeah. I for, almost forgot, Carrie. Yeah. They raided a SWAT-style raid into the home. This home was six young kids living in it, wife and six young kids, for a guy that had no criminal record. And all, he, all they've even alleged is that a little shove or push here, they went in with a SWAT-style raid to uh, arrest this individual. And then, you know, it had to be financially ruinous for a family that has that many kids that might want to go to college or anything else for him to be having lawyers defend him this whole time. It's just just despicable that the Department of Justice brought this case and even the judge at trial made a comment. Oh gosh, where's the comment the judge made? But the judge was not impressed by the evidence at trial. Yeah, they sent a, a b- bunch of agents to get this guy, who's clearly not a threat. Uh, 25 to, to 30 armed agents at 7 in the morning. Yeah. 
to arrest him in front of his kids. Gotta love, gotta love those uh, leftists. I'm telling you, they are really impressive. Ronna McDaniel is uh, one as uh, RNC chair. The argument has been that you know it's been a, a pretty tough road to hoe under her. We haven't we haven't seen a lot of great victories. Uh, this last election cycle had us all fooled, uh, and and we just barely took over the House of Representatives. So there was some. Some well, question we about just her. a complete lack of leadership, Gary. So I've been deployed as a lawyer to these battleground states the last couple of cycles. And, you know, I say that Democrats cheated fair and square and won in like Wisconsin and other places because they changed all the election rules and then used the new rules to beat us. That's a political thing we should have been doing or preventing. If you don't prevent it, then use those rules so that you win. And that has not been happening at all the last couple of cycles. Now, finally, people are like, okay, let's get people to mail in their ballots if that's what the rules are. But too little, too late. We've had two just completely lackluster cycles, cycles of chaos and disorganization where it's unclear, like, will lawyers be deployed? Who's going to pay for them? What's the plan going to be? Who's going to be in charge? And I think that falls on Ronna McDaniel's shoulder because, you know, they were wasting money. Um, on incumbents and other things when they should have been using that money more strategically to play harder and get the vote out in these critical states, and they didn't. So she's had three chances to get this right, underperformed all three times, and I thought it was absolutely time for Harmie Dillon to take over. But she, Rana, uh, over the weekend, won resoundingly, unfortunately, 111 votes. Harmeet only got 51. Mike Lindell got like four or something votes. And it's really disappointing. I think we need to pay more attention to who gets to vote because I only barely know two of the people. I can't even remember both of their names off the top of my head that got to vote for us in Missouri. Well, Harmeet Dillon uh, was Trump's attorney, right? Yeah, she's been Trump's attorney on a couple of different things. Might that have hurt her chances? No, it's she- establishment. They don't care. That's the thing. Like, I had, you know, people I'm friends with through Twitter, and I'm friends with Harmita. I've met her in real life, and I've been friends with her for a number of years, in full disclosure. I've never, Rana's never once deigned to speak to me, even when she was in a room with me last month. Um, but it's, uh, it's the establishment. They don't care. That Wait a minute. People- I, see, I do think they care. I think the establishment Republicans probably don't want anything to do with Donald Trump. And she's associated with Donald Trump. I think that's what yeah, hurt her. She got endorsed by Rick DeSantis on Thursday. I know, but she's already been tied to Donald Trump. So is Ronna. Ronna's been like arm around him, practically trying to claim that she had his endorsement when he hadn't even weighed in officially yet. So, so it's yeah. right. she's going around bragging how she controls Trump and she's, he, she's the only one to listen to and things like that in these circles this is all rumor mills or whatever but so there is a lot of uh a lot of frustration with rana but the thing is that we don't get to vote in a popular election amongst republicans for her we get to vote for these people where you get three from each state and whoever pays attention to how your people get elected like you get to each congressional district gets to elect one and then amongst themselves they get to eventually pick three it's very strange well, she uh, she is in charge again, and, uh, you know, it, it, really this would be a, a super opportunity with the direction the country is going 
Uh, I, I think uh, 70 plus percent of the population think we're heading in the wrong direction. Uh, so if she can't take know, advantage know, of that. So just voting for the status quo was so frustrating to me over the weekend. Now, Harmeet promised that she plans to work with Rana to, you know, to the benefit of the party. And I hope I see that happen. And I hope this has made Rana realize some areas of concern that she needs to improve and pay attention to next time. We'll have to wait and see. All right. Uh, when we come back, a thousand blind people can see for the first time. Mr. Beast. What? We're going to find out. And people are mad at him. On <laughs> <laughs> the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. In this video, we're hearing a thousand people's blindness. <laughs> Most of us see the world like this. But here's the thing. 200 million people see the world like this. But I just made it one less. Oh. Wow. She's just one of a thousand blind people we help from around the world. They can't see, but we have all the technology to fix it. Yep. Half of all the blindness in the world is people who need a 10-minute surgery. Wow. That's pretty impressive. Who's Mr. Beast? What is this surgery? And how's this blindness being cured? And why is Mr. Beast in trouble? Well, the okay, Eagles so legal Eagle is with us, Jennifer Bukowski, to explain. So Mr. Beast is the second most popular YouTube uh, content creator on the Internet. He's been doing He's only 24. He's been doing this 11 years. He's got 130 million subscribers. And my kids have been watching him for years. He always does these like big videos. Like he'll he when he got a hundred million subscribers, he gave away a private island and had a contest amongst his subscribers for winning it, where they were at the island doing all kinds of, uh, you know, reality or like game TV game show type things to win the island. And one of them won the island, you know, and. Or he just does crazy videos that are very entertaining to watch. So he creates all this content and he gets money and he's famous for giving away tons of money to people all the time. Well, this latest one, he is curing, he cured a thousand people of blindness, which apparently we had 200 million people on the planet who need a 10 minute surgery and then they could totally see again, but because they don't have it, they're blind. And he's being trashed for it by a bunch of people saying it's inappropriate for him to be making content off of these poor people that need this surgery and it's gross and sick. It's just, uh, it's frustrating to me, Gary, because here is a young person who is using, you know, the audience he's built, the cloud he's built, the money he's earned to do something amazing and good and curing blindness on of a thousand people that are would be blind otherwise in America. And then he went to Africa. He, he went to every continent, South America, uh, well, maybe not Australia, but, and helped all these people see again. And it's just a bunch of bitter, envious people that are just criticizing for him for it. And I wonder like, why weren't they criticizing when he's giving away the island? Oh, because those were all like young American subscribers that were, you know, embarrassing themselves, not embarrassing themselves, but like competing for that. These are poor people that you're seeing, and I think it makes them uncomfortable. And somehow that's Mr. Beast's fault. It's ridiculous. What is the surgery? Is it's a cataract? cataract surgery. They just have to basically scoop out the clouded part of the uh, cataract and then insert a, a fake 
lens. Or a not glass fake, lens, a, yes. A glass lens, and then poof, you can see. I've had that done. Uh, I didn't know that it took 10 minutes because I was asleep. But um, it is remarkable. Uh, I was legally blind in my right eye. Uh, and I had that cataract surgery. Now I don't even wear a contact lens in that eye. So this yeah, is yeah. So uh, that's what these people have. Like in one or both eyes, they can't see because they can't afford the surgery or whatever. But there's tweets saying, "Shouldn't the government be doing this? Why is he doing it? God, well, why are you hating on him for doing it? Here, this did the people consensually agree to have their blindness fixed by this guy? Did they have a problem with being filmed for YouTube for it? No." So what is your problem with this happening? Like, what have you done that's so much better? And I think that's what it comes down to. It comes down to envy. Like, why does he get to be special? Well, yeah, not everyone gets to be like a super successful, famous person like Mr. Beast is with a huge fan base. But isn't it a good thing that he's using that to help people? That's what private charity does. That's what private charity is all about. He helped and a yeah, thousand. Yeah, so what if he makes money because people are going to watch this <clears> video? <throat> you raise awareness for this problem. He gave $100,000 to the charity that the doctor that is uh, doing all these surgeries does. He gave money to a ton of the people that are getting the surgery as they're getting it, too. But, yeah. And it was consensual. And even if that content gets more money for him, he's probably going to use it to benefit more people in the future. Like, He'll give out, he had one video where he's giving out $100,000 to people who lost their jobs. Stuff like that. That's what he's known for. Yeah. What was that old saying? You complain if they got hung with a new rope? I mean, some people are just never happy. So, um, well, this, there's an update to this article. He tweeted about the criticism. And uh, here's his tweet. Twitter dash rich people should help others with their money. Me, okay, I'll use my money to help people, and I promise to give all uh, give away all my money before I die, every single penny. Twitter, Mr. Beast bad. <laughs> like, at least he's, uh, I don't think he's going to stop what he's doing over this criticism because he sees how absurd it is. All right, uh, it does, it is absurd. It is the insanity of the left. I guarantee you they're not conservatives screaming, Oh, my God, he's helping people with his money. Uh, gas stoves. After the backlash against the gas stove uh, ban, we're being gas lit? We are. This is just so typical. I see on happening of the left all the time. They're trying to say, oh, well, these conservatives are just crazy. So I'm laughing at them because they're just all so worried we're going to take away their gas stove. That's not what's happening. We're doing a study to look at whether they're harmful. Well, that's how these bans always start from these science agencies and these regulations. And they are indeed, in many places, putting regulations into place where you will not be able to get a gas stove in a new house, period. Yep. There are, I think, California in certain areas, if not the whole state. I know certain areas for sure. Yeah, if you want to build in 2019, it- became the first U.S. city to pass this ban. New York in 2021 passed a ban on gas stoves. So they are coming for your gas stoves, but then they're saying, aha, silly conservatives are being so stupid. So we are seeing a pattern. You guys are coming after stuff that you do take away things like light bulbs or, you know, you do lock down schools and then you are considering doing it for, you know, the environment in the future. I was talking. I opened the show today talking about the power of the government in what I would argue was the world's greatest auto culture, the United States. 
from the first Model T through the 1960s uh, and 70s, where our cars were big and ostentatious and powerful and chrome-laden. And then they've turned it all around. And now uh, kids don't even get excited about getting a driver's license. And now they want to ban the internal combustion engine. They're going after pickup trucks now because 16 kids uh, in the first nine months of the year were killed in accidents involving them. And the light bulbs, the gas stoves, it's amazing how much power the government has accrued. And speaking of power, they're wanting all of the cars to be on the electric grid because they want California wants them all to be electric by 2035. And then no one has gas stoves do it there. So when their power keeps continuing to go out like it already does, you're not going to be able to cook or drive. <laughs> like That's the end game here. Because their power grids are not reliable to keep the electricity on. But it's, they want everything to be electric. Is it not crazy how much power they've given themselves to yeah, shut down? Bad, ban gas generators and backup power next. <laughs> yeah, I envision people with a little hand, uh, you know, pedal-powered generator in their house uh, getting the whole family together to crank it up so they can have air conditioning. Oops, wait a minute. You can't have that Freon. That's, that's wrong, too. Jennifer, I don't think we're going to have time to get to the Dallas Zoo story, where apparently uh, somebody's monkeying around and... <laughs> yes, strange stuff is happening. We'll have to keep an eye on it. Maybe we'll get to it next week then. All right. Brian says we've got two minutes. You want to give it a shot? Go for it. Well, this was just... I kind of threw this one in because it was a strange one, but there's all kinds of incidents happening at the Dallas Zoo where people are sabotaging... Um, the animal habitat like enclosures and now the latest is two emperor monkeys have been monkey napped I guess allegedly disappeared like if the habitat was breached and now the monkeys are missing but this is on top of you know earlier this month something happened with a endangered vulture dying in unusual circumstances and then on January 13th, a female clouded leopard disappeared for several hours. And in her habitat, there was a suspicious chair, tear found in the enclosure. So they talk about cameras. They need to put up more cameras to see what the heck is going on down there in the Dallas Zoo. Yeah, uh, it is really bizarre. All right, Jennifer Bukowski, the Eagles Legal Eagle, is uh, going to sign off for now. We're going to have you back next week. Yes, I will be here. Thanks, I look Gary. forward to it. Thanks, Jen. Jennifer Bukowski on uh, the Gary Nolan Show. Well, Don Serber, who used to write for the Cleveland Pain Dealer, uh, and I remember reading uh, some of his stuff years and years ago, he now does uh, kind of a, a freelance thing at Substack, and he has written about Black History Month. He's made some observations. And uh, we'll kind of go over those, and then we'll we'll talk about this makeup thing. And no, Brian is not buying makeup or using makeup. I'm just clowning around about that. But apparently uh, some guys, well, there's a weird ad involving a guy. And is that lip gloss, Brian? Not sure what that is. Egad, that's ugly. Anyway, we'll do that all, too. <laughs> On the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network.
This is the Gary Nolan Show. It is 35 minutes after 11 o'clock. It is the Gary Nolan Show. Um, 874-9390, toll-free numbers 800-529-5572. This is uh, one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen is apparently a a company that makes uh, makeup. And they're selling this lip... uh, uh, Brian, I'd have to call it lipstick. I don't know why they're... They've sort of... They're describing it as a hot pink lip cream. Yeah, lip cream is just another word for lipstick. And it's this guy wearing what looks like a Nehru jacket. He's got a beard. Uh, His teeth have been blindingly bleached white. And he's wearing this red lipstick. And it is, uh, I got to tell you, there is something about (laughs) red lipstick and a beard that is really ugly. Um. But apparently, if you scroll down a couple, you'll see uh, some hot. pink uh, yes. frosted lipstick that uh, you may be more. Uh, no, I, no, uh, that's not working for no, you. No, that not only do I not like that uh, just on the face, pardon the expression, but he's got some kind of a. It looks like a snelled fishing hook going through <laughs> his nose. You noticed that, huh? Yeah. You um, know, we've been talking about uh, getting a curtain up here here for the longest time because we can't stand the looks of. Either of us, but I thought maybe if I took on this lip gloss <laughs> as a way to try to improve myself, oh, as no, kind Brian. of a favor to you, <laughs> that, would, that would be no. lipstick on. <laughs> that'd be lipstick uh, on. on pig. Uh, yeah. Well, no, I guess yeah. I won't go there. But but uh, how woke can you get? Why are we doing this, or why are they doing this? I guess for that one percent of the population. I see. Uh, in what the marketplace, the. the uh, real women that purchase their products. Do you think that uh, they're okay with this? Apparently not. Oh. Um, doesn't matter uh, what year it is, dude. Men are men and women are women. Stop trying to erase us. You need to wake up and stand up for your right as as a woman, one person shared. It's an example of men wanting to still be in control. Uh, and I guess uh, some women uh, are saying, look, if you're going to leave us behind, we're going to leave you behind. We're not going to buy your stuff. You're not going to buy your products. And I, I really do think that, and, and I hate to promote uh, not buying products, but I really do think at some point you got to stand up to woke. you got to make them suffer. Um to stop this, because literally it is the direction of society. Men wearing makeup. You know, if you're if you're doing a TV hit, and I used to do this. I, I would uh, when I was doing Fox News in those places, they would put makeup on because I have what they say is a Nixonian beard. And I always thought when I was leaving, what would my father say if he you know <laughs> saw me going through this ritual? So, I mean, I can understand you're in the movies, you're on TV, you're making appearances. But as a rule, I just don't think guys wearing lip gloss and makeup. No eyeshadow either, huh? Uh, no, no. I can <laughs> try, you know, I, you, you've heard my description of my father. I mean, he was, he was a structural iron worker. Uh, he loved to fight, and he was very good at it. They called him One Punch Nolan. Uh, he was, uh, you know, just a man's man. Uh, and I'm trying to imagine what it would be like if I came home <laughs> uh, wearing lip gloss and makeup. Hi, Dad. 
<laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I think that would be like the last thing I remember until I woke up. Just it's it's just plain crazy. It's just insane. It, I don't know. Makes me crazy. Uh, anyway, Don Serber uh, and I've I've, I've uh, communicated with Don. We haven't chatted. He's got a hearing problem, uh, so he doesn't want to come on the radio. But he writes a piece at Substack. Uh, he's from Cleveland, and he used to write for the uh, uh, the Cleveland Pain Dealer. He wrote on Wednesday, America will kick off another Black History Month. This year's theme is Black Resistance. Among the nine people featured in the official poster are Angela Davis and Malcolm X. Not Martin Luther King or Clarence Thomas, men who made America better, but a pair of thugs. Davis is the communist who in 1970 surreptitiously armed three murder defendants which led to a shootout with the police that left the judge and three gunmen dead. Malcolm X was an ex-convict who was once the face of the Nation of Islam, a black supremacist church, and when he left it, the church sent assassins who killed him. Uh, there was a bio-epic on him in uh, 1992. He was played by Denzel Washington. The NAACP gave the film an image award. Malcolm X is the face of the NAACP, not Dr. King. He goes on to say that he has a problem with that because Malcolm X was a big, or as big a bigot as Bull Connor, uh, Nathan Bedford Forrest, and George Wallace. He was a black supremacist who supposed segregation, supported segregation. Louis Lomax, a black journalist of the era, confronted Malcolm X about his racism in a 1963 interview. And Malcolm said, the white devil's time is up. It's been up for almost 50 years now. It's taken us that long to get the deaf, dumb, and blind black men uh, in the wilderness of North America to wake up and understand who they are. You see, sir, when a man understands who he is, who God is, and who the devil is, then he can pick himself up out of the gutter. He can clean himself up and stand up like a man should before his God. That's why we reach, uh, that's why we teach that in order for a man to really understand himself, he must be part of a nation. He must have some land of his own, a God of his own, a language of his own. Most of all, he must have uh, love and devotion uh, from his own, for his own kind. This guy was a segregationist. These are the people that they're celebrating for Black History Month? Not Clarence Thomas? Who makes it, uh, you know, who's made it to the Supreme Court? Uh, and I can think of a half dozen other uh, uh, black leaders who have advanced society and fought racism. I don't like the idea of any nationalities history month being celebrated. I don't want Black History Month. I don't want Native American History Month. Just teach history in school. Period. There are good, bad, and ugly things that we in this country have done. 
impeach them. But don't take a certain segment of society and act like there's something special about them. Because blacks weren't the only people who had a, a, you know, a tough go here in this country. Native Americans had a pretty tough go of it, too. Uh, but we don't, you know, I mean, it, why are we separating them? Just teach it all. And then from this, we evolve into this reparations argument, which is the stupidest thing. You mean to tell me that five generations later or more, you're so stupid that you can't make a life for yourself and you need reparations? Because that, well, that's what it amounts to. It's an insult to black Americans. Somebody's great, 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 great grandparent was, uh, was a slave. Well, it's horrible, but nobody that enslaved them is alive today. And if you haven't made a life for yourself after that many uh, generations, you got a problem that reparations isn't going to solve. Quit relying on the government. Get off your ass. Go to work. Support your family. Enjoy life. You're just another American, just like all the rest of us. All right, I'm done pontificating, but I'm just tired of it all. All right, up against the clock. Quick break. Back to wrap it up. Gary Nolan shows Zimmer Radio Network. It's uh, 11.50, and uh, we're talking about reparations. And apparently, hold on one second while I stop something from happening on this end. There we go. Uh, there is a, a push uh, for reparations at the federal level. And according to uh, two authors, uh, it is the United States government responsibility to right its wrongs with slavery by paying out $14 trillion to black Americans in order to mitigate the racial wealth gap. Authors from Here to Equality, Reparations for Black Americans in the 21st Century, uh, this would be William Darity and Kristen Mullen, suggest the government should issue a massive reparations payout because of its culpable role in slavery. They were on CNBC's uh, Changing the Narrative to talk about their demands, explaining that the federal government is not only guilty as it pertains to slavery, but also in terms of racial segregation and the uh, destruction of black Americans' property. So, all we have to do uh, to placate these people uh, that uh, think somehow uh, slavery has, you know, kept them down is add $14 trillion in checks. And then everything will be copacetic. Yeah. Wow. Just $14 trillion and everything is going to be fine, Brian. Good deal. No more complaints. No more uh, uh, police beatings at the hand of other, uh, uh, the same ethnicities. Well, well no, nobody would, uh, nobody would uh, beat a rich guy. Okay. So, I mean, everything goes away. They will be successful in school. They won't be on welfare. They won't need food stamps. Uh, they'll be able to go out and vote because they'll have a driver's license and uh, uh, what a load of poop! Just fourteen trillion. Just fourteen trillion. That's not much. 
You know what they can do is they can mint a $14 trillion coin. <laughs> and then, uh, and then uh, somehow that'll just uh, that'll take care of the debt. And I know communist China and all the other countries around the world will be uh, thrilled with that $14 trillion sure coin. They would, yes. Yeah, they would want that coin. Oh, jeez. Uh, President Biden has informed Congress that he is going to end COVID-19, uh, 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 I guess, the, emergency. the emergencies. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is this is good news for everybody except uh, those people expecting to get their college <laughs> loans paid off. What is the date on that? Uh, this will be on May 11th. May 11th. Good. Do they have a time to where we can come out or... Well, they, no, they. I, I, just I heard imagine. The date. I didn't hear the time. I imagine at twelve oh one. Twelve oh one. Okay. A.M. Yeah. Uh, it's over. Thank goodness. Yeah. Uh, it's you just know, been rough. You get, you don't have to wear the mask anymore. Right. Uh, your kids can go to school. Um, you don't even have to get the shot. It's just miraculously everything will be over. Thank you, Joe. Ah, yes. He's done such a great job. The move to end the national emergency and public health emergency declarations would formally restructure the federal coronavirus response to treat the virus as an endemic threat to public health that can be managed through agencies' normal authorities. Comes as lawmakers have already ended elements of the emergencies uh, uh, that uh, kept millions of Americans insured during the pandemic. So will people have to pay their rent again? Will they have to pay their college loans? Will life go back to normal? We can only hope. This is another example of the government having taken liberties that they didn't really have. But they did, and it cost trillions of dollars. It's about time that it ended up... Who actually pays any attention to it anymore? I don't even see people driving alone in their cars wearing masks like I did before. I mean, everybody seems to be... Um, have you seen people, Brian, wearing the mask at all? Yes, they're still wearing the mask outside, walking down the street. Haven't seen anybody in cars lately, but in, in the grocery stores, of course, they still continue to wear them. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of that. I, I thought most of that was kind of, you know, gone. But... Um, I don't know. I just, uh, I think it's it, it's nonsense. It should have been done a long time ago. They should, shouldn't have even been engaged in it. Uh, what the federal government should be doing when there's something like this, uh, alleged pandemic uh, or endemic, is be a source of knowledge. Here's what we know. We know that this is uh, spreading. Uh, you've got to be careful. Talk to your local health officials, uh, your local doctor, whatever. Uh, to get advice on how to handle this. And then let life go on. Uh, and I think if they had done that, the economy wouldn't be in such tumult. We'd have trillions fewer in national debt. And I think a lot of people would be alive today that aren't uh, because of the way the government handled it. And I'm guessing there are all kinds of pharmaceuticals to handle the uh, uh, the symptoms of this that we either weren't using or weren't allowed to use two years ago. Because I don't see a lot of people dying from COVID. 
you know, a lot of people having heart attacks. Not a lot of people dying. In fact, there's a story right now. University of Arizona swimmer dies suddenly at 23. Mark Stein, uh, who I think is a brilliant writer, has had two heart attacks. Um, I, uh, I don't know. I've seen an awful lot of that. And that's kind of scary. Uh, listen, we've got um, a great lineup for the rest of the day. Because Glenn Beck is on board. Then uh, Sean Hannity is going to be with us. Uh, Randy Tobler is going to be on board with us. And we've got uh, tomorrow morning, uh, Wake Up Mid-Missouri. And that's uh, Brandon Rathard. Entertaining, fast-paced, and informative. Can't go wrong with any of that. Wanted to get that in before we get uh, too far along. And then uh, Think Tank Thursday for us. Is it amazing how fast the week goes today? I mean, it... it we're it already seems to be flying by already, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Oh, and tomorrow, uh, we've got the Secretary of State, Jay Ashcroft, is going to be with us. Uh, we've got uh, a reporter from the Epic Times. I keep getting comments on how I pronounce the name, but this is what they call it. They, they pronounce it Epic. Uh, if, if you do it phonetic, phonetically, it's uh, Epoch. <laughs> but they don't even know what they're uh, how to pronounce it. Anyway, um, we have uh, a reporter coming on to talk about the FACE Act. We, we touched on it earlier today with Jennifer. Uh, feds are looking at putting an 87-year-old concentration camp survivor in prison for sitting in her wheelchair in front of an abortion clinic. Uh, and states are moving toward user-based road taxes. Uh, so we will uh, chat with uh, a reporter from the Epic Times about uh, both of those cases. Her name is Beth Brilje. Uh, and, and I'm telling you, if you don't get the Epic Times, you don't know what you're missing. They are such an incredible resource. Uh, and it's, it's really honest reporting. Um, I, I can't uh, say enough about them. So they're going to be with us. In fact, they're going to be regulars on the program every week. Uh, and it, it, it's, uh, it's amazing the stuff they cover that nobody else does. we got to run whatever it is in life that you want. Go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem. Gwen, baby. Honey, I'm coming home.